What's up, everybody? It is Covering the Slate with the Daily Fantasy Insiders, a March Madness edition. I'm your host, Nate Harrington. We are going to talk all things NCAA tournament. That's been way too long. Two years. It's literally been two years since we've had an NCAA tournament. And uh, I know the 2021 version, our experts are ready to talk it up. And uh, we are ready to uh, do that this evening. We're also going to talk a little bit about the NBA the, uh, the folks over at DFI have been uh, on a little bit of a run here. Uh, All-Star Game was very kind to us, and the uh, War Room of the Week last week was a NBA showdown war room, and even I made a little bit of money. When that happens, you know things are going in the right direction. So, joining us this evening, Scott Robertson. Scott, what's up, buddy? What's going on, Nate? Congrats about that money. Hey, love to see it. Uh, I, I told I told everybody it was literally the biggest, and I know uh, the, the people that are coming on here uh, now uh, can can talk about big wins, but literally that was the biggest uh, win of my DFS career, which was just just a little over a grand. So, Dude, that's awesome! <laughs> yeah, I love to hear pretty, it. That's great. It was, it was pretty awesome for me. Uh, but uh, but uh, but a guy who knows all about uh, taking down showdowns, uh, Garrett Airy. Uh, Gary, what is up, brother? Hey, how's it going, Nate? Uh, thanks for the praise. I'm glad we could uh, get you some uh, money in that bankroll. Ah, it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. Uh, and let's hope tonight is uh, is the same as you're probably fast and furious answering questions in the war room right now as we speak. Yes, we are live with the war room tonight for the showdown between the Warriors and the Lakers. That'll tip off in a little bit here. So. Uh, just finalizing all my lineups, and hopefully it's another profitable night. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. We're uh, recording this on a Monday, the Monday after Selection Sunday, by the way, so just uh, for reference. Jordan Alejandre, the, the, the best name in all of DFI, by the way. <laughs> thank you, thank you. It, it's, a, it's a good one, and I know you're in the, you're in the TV biz just like me. Don't, don't let anybody uh, change that name, by the way. <laughs> My teacher, who was like my sports director at my station, would always walk in the room and he was Alejandre. He would just say it over and over and over. It got <laughs> like a, it got like a thing in the station. It was fun. It rolls off the tongue very nicely, Jordan. <laughs> it does, man. It does. For it's sure. like it's like it's a great TV name. So don't lose it at all. Um, oh, and I see Corey Fishman has unmuted. What's up, Corey? Uh, we're here. We're here. I was uh, I was waiting my <laughs> turn to get in college basketball game. Uh, I, you know, I used to dabble in the NBA game, but uh, once Garrett took over, that thing just took off, and it wasn't for me anymore. But it's all right. We found a new expertise, and uh, we're ready to talk about it. Gotta love it, man. This is, uh, this is prime time for you guys, I know, and we will get to, uh, to college basketball here um, in just a second. But I did, uh, like we mentioned at the top, I did want to mention the, uh, the NBA team. Jordan and Garrett uh, running the show over there, and boy, oh boy, you guys, I mean... The All-Star game was an absolute print fest for, for DFI, just printing stacks of money. Um, the War Room of the Week uh, was on, was it Thursday? Yeah, it was Thursday. And um, my gosh, I mean, just coming off the All-Star break, riding high, War Room of the Week on Thursday, and uh, smashed again. It was awesome. And uh, I just want to congratulate you guys and maybe talk a little bit about um, uh, now that uh, we've got a week under our belt from uh, from the all-star game just i mean you guys just crushed these all-star games and in the nba no different at all like what was the approach going into it what was the key to uh, to everybody's success over all-star weekend 
Yeah, so, you know, if you guys have been with DFI in the past, we've normally done pretty well in not just NBA, but a lot of these sports that have all-star games or uh, select showdown slates, and uh, this one was no different. So, really, the approach of a game like this is just trying to find any details you can on guys that have played in the game before, um, if there is any indication of minutes or restrictions by anybody um, a lot of time that information is hard to find, but uh, actually Jordan headed up a lot of our content and uh, we looked at what Jordan, maybe about 10 years of past past data just to try Something to see like the correlation between uh, if you were a starter in the all-star game versus if you come off the bench. And a lot of that has to do with, uh, you know, your eventual outcome. So we were able to kind of pinpoint some really key plays and uh, man, it worked out. Yeah, the second I saw Chris Paul was 15% owned, I knew it's going to be a big night because he always dominates <laughs> all-star games. And I think he has, like, double-digit assists in every single year except maybe, like, one or two. And he was, like, 15% owned. And I was like, oh, easy. Yeah, we came, in, we came into the night um, really excited because there had been note earlier in the day that uh, ben Simmons and Joel Embiid would miss the game due to the COVID uh, health protocols. And that really turned everyone on to Zion um, around the same price point as Chris Paul. And we were never on Zion for most of the, our research. And we didn't think that it would be a game where he was really highlighted other than trying to get him some alley-oops here and there, which he did. Um, but Chris Paul has been one in former All-Star games to play nearly his normal nightly minutes. So uh, we are really excited to see that one pan out. Old man Chris Paul. Uh, you know, uh, myself and Esh, and I think Scott, too, we, we all made fun of him in the skills contest. Uh, we, were, we were trying to pick the winners of that. Um, and uh, we made fun of old man Chris Paul. But uh, old man Chris Paul made uh, y'all some uh, y'all some fat stacks of cash. So I'm, uh, I'm happy to yeah, hear we- we had, uh, what was it? I think maybe five of us tied for the top spot on the, the big GPP, taking home uh, a little bit in the mid-five-figure range. So it was a big-time night. That is, uh, that is something. That is something. And um, so when's the next NBA All-Star game? Because uh, I, uh, is it, unfortunately, oh, it's it comes year, right? once a year, but yeah. next year, hopefully, throw all your uh, winnings onto it and uh, we'll see if we can double it or, or more. Beautiful. Okay. All right. I'll wait. I'll just won't play another slate until <laughs> the uh, NBA All Star. Actually, when's the NHL All Star game? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll figure out, we'll get Ash on here and he'll, he'll, uh, he'll unlock the key for us. So, but, uh, but yeah, congratulations guys. Keep killing it. I mean, nightly you guys are, are, um, are producing top flight content, uh, must haves, a breakdown of the, the, the entire slate. You've got stacks, you've got top plays, you've got, uh, value plays, everything's in the war room. And if, uh, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, I don't know what you're waiting for. Uh, we can only, Lead a horse to water, but we can't make you drink. But we need you to go over to DFI, get signed up, subscribe for the War Rooms. Uh, they're, uh, they're a great value. And uh, we're going to be talking about a really good value with our college war room here in a second. But um, 
the college basketball war room here in a second, but to get over there and uh, consume our NBA content because these guys do a do an awesome job. So um, Garrett and uh, Jordan, I appreciate you guys, and y'all can stay on and, and talk a little college uh, college basketball. I, I uh, invite you to if you if you got some time and, and want to, uh, uh, for sure. I know um, I know you boys probably have some have some takes, and we can uh, we can talk about the bracket. So let's get right to it. March Madness, twenty twenty one. Thank God. Uh, we can all fill out brackets. We can all um, legally bet on games. Important to important to note: legally bet on games. And um, I'm excited, man. Uh, I haven't filled out my bracket yet because I have a feeling tomorrow. Because everything locks tomorrow. It, it's weird. Um, I saw the schedule come out, Scott, and I saw that you know we the first round the the playing games were on Thursday, and then the first round games were on Friday. I'm like, well, what sense does that make? But the teams have until Tuesday, literally Tuesday, to figure out whether or not they can play or not. And um, so they had to kind of move everything back a day. So weird that the first round games are on a Thursday and then the, I guess, what you can call the, the second round or whatever, the round of 64 plays Friday, Saturday, and then uh, 32, round of 32 plays on Sunday, Monday, which is a little bit going to be a little weird this year. But anyway, um, you guys have uh, have looked at the brackets, obviously, and have uh, have broken down at least one side of the bracket. But I want you, before we get going into it, tell the folks about the exciting bracketology war room and how they can get their hands on some of uh, or all of this info that you guys are going to be providing here over the next few days. Yeah, absolutely. So because um... you remember, you teased it our last podcast. You teased it. I did. I, I did. I you teased need to pay it off the tease. Exactly. I didn't even uh, share with you and with you and Ash. So I guess it's it's time for me to pay off on the tease now. So you can actually go to um, you can either download our app um, for obviously totally free the uh, Daily Fantasy Insider app, or you can go to um, dailyfantasyinsider.com. And um, either way, you can go on and go through the um, college basketball product page. And you can purchase um, our Bracketology um, Pass, and that gives you um, – we're working on tonight having everything done for the first round. And then going forward, we're going to update things based on matchups and um, and I guess ownership sounds like the right word. But the uh, the percentage of picks that, that everyone took of each team. So we're going to update things as we go. But, yeah, we've already got um, half of the – um, first round of the bracket uploaded and we're finalizing things with the right side of the bracket and so by the end of the night tonight I guess by the time this podcast is up we should have all four regions up and and ready for you guys to go ahead and read and make your first round picks and that's awesome that's awesome um so you want to go go into uh kind of I don't want to give away what's in the war room obviously but um but maybe maybe give the folks some insight into how you're going about this. Cause uh, okay. So people want to pick up sets. People want to try to get the, the perfect bracket. Okay. And, and talk to me maybe about how that might not be the best approach trying to win, uh, trying to win a bracket league. And, and Corey, you can jump in too. Like, what is your mindset? Are you trying to make a perfect bracket? Are you trying in something like this? Are you trying to kind of fade the field if you think a pick is going to be high owned, even though 
you know, it might be a sexy upset, a, a 12 versus five, like a, a UC Santa Barbara and Creighton matchup. Like I read all about, uh, that's going to be a pretty popular one to pick the, pick the upset. But would you ever kind of fade the other way? If you thought that, you know, the public's going to be on this, if I want to be a little bit different talking about ownerships and, and where people are going, is there a strategy in this to kind of maybe fade what the, all the public's doing in this? So the way I like to look at it is, is that if, if there's a trendy public pick and you don't have them advancing to the Sweet 16, but you're on that pick, then it's okay to go with the, uh, uh, like the sharper pick or the against the public pick. I think the perfect example for this, or at least in my bracket, is Georgetown. And Georgetown obviously came in red hot. They've won X amount of their last games. They breezed through the conference tournament. They didn't. They dealt with a Villanova team that didn't have their star player. Uh, Creighton is a mess right now. Um, St. John's lost their center before the before they played Seton Hall. So uh, Georgetown got to avoid St. John's. Um, and now this team is jumping into a team, uh, a Colorado team that that just lost in the championship to uh, to Oregon State. But Colorado also has the bigs to be able to deal with um, uh, uh, Georgetown uh, inside uh, with Wahab. Um, so, I mean, this is one where I would expect maybe even higher than 75% of brackets to be taking Georgetown just based on the name and what they're hearing on ESPN and CBS on those sites. Um, but uh, when you look at this, this 12-5 matchup, um, the winner of that has a tough, has a tough matchup against Florida State. And if you think that, Georgetown can't beat Florida State, then there's really no reason in picking a team like Georgetown to beat Colorado because you're not getting leverage with the Sweet 16 pick. Um, mm-hmm. So that's another one I look at. Um, but there's another side of things like where you can go, okay, the winner of Creighton and Santa Barbara is going to play the winner of Virginia and Ohio. And this is the 2021 year where COVID actually is an issue. And we don't know what that Virginia team is going to look like. We don't know what, what roster availability they have. All we know is they're get, they're going to get to the tournament. Uh, they're going to have about a day before they actually play. Uh, they've never played at this court. They're not going to get used to shooting at this court while Ohio is going to get to practice and they're going to get to be there. So if you have Ohio beating Virginia, then you can take a Santa Barbara over a Creighton and you can kind of differentiate, differentiate yourself there. And you can have a 12 or 13 seed reach the Sweet 16, which most – people won't have and it kind of gives you leverage over the field what do you think scott yeah man i mean honestly i think all of that was was great um i kind of feel like i've limited things to to say now because i think you uh you crushed everything but um i totally agree with your process obviously um and i think that kind of just to go back to why the uh bracketology war room that we have that we're offering why that's so big is we have little tidbits in there like the 12 to 5 matchups that are kind of going to turn into public matchups we kind of talk about um going more more in depth like Corey was talking about why um picking that upset or i'm sorry picking the favorite in that situation could actually end up um kind of getting you leverage on the field because everybody's going to be eager to pick upsets um so things like that and then also like Corey said with uh um, staying tuned in there. We're going to update things throughout the week. So Virginia is a perfect example that we know that they're not traveling until Indiana um, until Friday. So their first practice could 
is going to be late Friday night or I would assume late Friday night. But instead of doing a walkthrough like most teams like Ohio will be doing Friday, they're going to be having their first practice of the week. So just little tidbits like that. Um, we think that there's going to be a lot of stuff in the war room like that that can kind of set you apart from the other people in your in your bracket. Exactly right. And I, I think it's important to note that most of the brackets that are going to be uh, popular, ESPN, CBS, Yahoo, I mean, pick your provider. But most of them have a pretty standard format for scoring. It's like, all right, the first round games are worth a point. You know, second round games, two and four and then eight and then 16 and then 32 as you go throughout. Like, what is the value in trying to nail the final four? Like, do the best you can. Have you ever built a bracket from the from the inside out? Like, pick your champion, pick your, you know, final two, then your final four and then keep going out. Like that's how I've done brackets before. And I seem to have decent amount of luck if I if I'm locked in on, you know, a couple of one seeds that I think will be, you know, have a have a great chance to do it. And I, I think this year might prove to be one of, if not the most chalky one two um seeds. I mean, Baylor and Gonzaga have kind of proven they've been head and shoulders above everybody else. And now with Michigan. Uh, losing uh, basically their their top player. That's just I mean, that's a death knell for them. I mean, we'll talk about that in a second. But I, have you guys built a bracket from the from the uh, from the inside out uh, using like your your eventual who you think is going to be the eventual champion and then and then going from there? That's a uh, that's a really interesting strategy. I um, I'm not sure that I've ever done that before, but. That makes a lot of sense. Like I, uh, I wish we had the video on. I was like nodding my head along as you were saying that. I was like, yeah, absolutely, that makes sense. Um, I think that I kind of like going through and seeing um, which teams kind of have a um, easier path to getting to the final four. So, for example, I personally see a. Let's see. I'm looking at my bracket now. I see a team like Baylor, and I'm like, okay. Um, I don't see any issues with Hartford, uh, North Carolina and Wisconsin don't really scare me. If you can make them run their half court offenses, um, we, we already spoke on Villanova. Um, and then if you're not buying Purdue, like Baylor kind of has a, I don't want to say easy, but Baylor is one of those teams that's easier to kind of pick to the final four of the national championship. If you don't think that they're, um, that their path isn't that difficult. Now, Corey might disagree with me there. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely agree with what you're saying, Nate. I, I could see someone doing it that way. I'm kind of interested to see what Corey thinks there. Yeah, I can't say I've ever looked at it that way either. Um, I think I think this year there is a – and the public – and the, the, the Sharps actually align with the public this year as well. Like, there is a clear favorite. We know Gonzaga is that favorite. Gonzaga, about 2-1 to one odds. The next closest odds you're going to find are Baylor at 5-1. at five to one. Um, but it's also the draw that Gonzaga got is kind of ridiculously good. Um, yeah. I mean, you're looking at an Iowa team that is l- uh, lacking depth on that side. Uh, Kansas is dealing with COVID issues. Um, UVA is dealing with COVID issues. And all of a sudden, you've kind of already knocked out your uh, two, three, and four seeds. And Gonzaga's already way above the rest. Um, so it kind of puts them in the final four to begin with. So you kind of could build that way, like Nate was speaking of. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, the right side of the bracket is a whole different animal this year. Um, and as Nate said, with Michigan kind of going down, um, it, it really, this this year, 
I, I do think something crazy that is going to happen this year, and I don't know if that means Gonzaga not winning it, but I mean, it could mean a very low seed um, making it to the at least the Elite Eight or Final Four. Man, that's that's an interesting thought. I wonder. I wonder if we'll see a uh, sixteen beat a one for the first time this year. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, noted UVA apologist, uh, comes in with the burner of the of the night. Um, actually, that has happened before, Scott. Um, the Cavaliers got beat by um, UMBC, so that just in case you forgot. Yeah, you were just breaking to, yeah, up a little. Get... You were breaking up a little, but I'm excited to finish this podcast, Nate. This is this is awesome, man. <laughs> man. Uh, what's it like to live in your world, Scott? I just, I mean, um, I'd love to just spend a day in your in your in your brain, boy. Man, that's I wouldn't that's come, I wouldn't come out alive probably. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure you would. It's uh, it's interesting. It's it's an event every day. That's for sure. Event every day. Um, okay. Um, besides Michigan and their problems, uh, obviously their best player, uh, Isaiah Liver, is not going to be back for. Um, I mean, he, he said it, it'd be a miracle if he was back for the tournament. So, besides Michigan, maybe name one other top, say maybe top two seed. So either either one seeds or two seeds that you think might be vulnerable um, uh, this year. Um, and, I mean, you can pick anyone. Doesn't, you know, doesn't have to be uh, Michigan. But, uh, but pick another that uh, top seed that might be a little vulnerable uh, on their side of the bracket. Yeah, absolutely. Corey, you want to start on that one? You've yeah, got, a, I, I've you've got think... a, a good Isaiah Liver stat that you could share, too. Actually, that is, that is a good point. Uh, I wasn't even thinking about that stat. Um, Michigan over, uh, with Isaiah livers is 33 and nine. And without him, they are seven and six, um, which teams, um, they've played, but that is a big stat. He means everything to them. He's, he spaces out the floor. He's great on the boards, assisting, um, and that team is, I'm not going to say lost without him. Um, but it's definitely a concern. Um, but going back to the, uh, a top, I don't want to just do Michigan because I feel like that's too easy. And uh, I feel like Scott and I align on this pick. So without giving too much away, it's a, it's a great th- thing to talk about. Uh, I think Alabama is a team that we could see go out early and uh, is a little public darling. Um, Alabama relies on the three-point shooting. And they ha- have an injury right now to, to, jo- to their freshman, I'm not going to say sensation, but big player, uh, Josh Primo. Um, their center has been wearing a knee brace and he is limping around the court so noticeably uh, that it's just hard not to watch him do that. Um, and we're talking about, I mean, I'll just give away another pick. I think UConn murders my Maryland Terrapins. I just don't even think it's going to be close. Um, we're talking about a UConn team that has ridiculous size in the paint. They have three bigs that are all um, around 6'10 uh, to 7 foot range that, can de- that is going to stop Bama from the paint. And uh, three-point shooting on the road is tough. And, I mean, while it's a neutral court, it is a road court. It's not their home, it's not their home court. And um, they have a lot of injury issues. Uh, and they're going to run into a hungry UConn team that is one of the better teams in the league with uh, James uh, Booknight healthy. And when they lost to Creighton, James Booknight still wasn't healthy. He was dealing with some really bad cramps. And uh, he's going to have over a week to recover from those. Um, and I mean, I think what they're, they're going to breeze through Maryland, they're going to be ready for Alabama. And that, that could definitely be, um, a two seed that goes out early that many people might have, um, going to the elite eight or at least the final four. 
Yeah, I'm uh, I'm going to go ahead and double down there, as Corey kind of hinted at. Um, wow. Corey was saying that uh, James Booknight, of course, wasn't healthy um, in that loss to Creighton. And also, um, RJ Cole um, ended up getting hurt the next game. And um, we're expecting that he'll be back. Worst case, he'll be back for the um, hopefully by the second game. But things are at least there's positive. I don't know. Things are heading positive that way that both of them can play. And that would be huge for UConn because I want to say they're 12 and three this year when both of those guys play. And all three of the losses are to the best teams in the, in the Big East between uh, Creighton and Villanova. So, yeah, absolutely a team that. I feel like UConn could play with Alabama if they were healthy. So it's one of those things that if if Alabama's not healthy, then I feel like they really, really are on upset alert there. I definitely agree with Corey. Nice. Yeah, I, I'd actually thought that Alabama was a bit overrated for most of the season. I mean, uh, some people were talking about them being a one seed, and I just never really saw that. But a two seed, uh, a strong two seed, but uh, we'll see. I, I, I kind of like that. I, I you know I don't uh, – I don't mind not having uh, uh, Alabama in that in that side of the uh, the bracket too, because uh, that's a uh, that's where my Florida State Seminoles reside. So we'll see what happens with. Uh, with that. I will say I'm also a little salty at Alabama right now. I uh, had an LSU to win the uh, the conference uh, title at plus seven hundred, and uh, and uh, LSU took it down to the wire, missed the free throw to to go up two. Bama got a layup, and then Alabama, and then LSU missed two tippins at the buzzer. Uh, to win that game. Um, so Alabama would probably still be a two seed. They might be in a different uh, uh, side of the bracket as a two seed. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, this Alabama team is vulnerable uh, without with these injuries to these players. And I would not be surprised if they got early. Like to hear it. Like to hear it. Just a um, reminder, they yeah. lost to Mizzou. So obviously <laughs> Mizzou should be a two seed. I just think that's how it works out. Jordan from the top. Rope. Just, I mean, we we buried Alabama at this point. I mean, they are under a bunch of steel chairs now. We're just we're just piling on. Um, awesome. Uh, and and to go along with with the picks in the in the bracket, you know, I I've actually I actually toyed around with, you know, putting, you know, maybe half a unit or something like that on most of these games and and trying to put, um, uh, you know, kind of give myself a budget to, to bet on the, the first round uh, of the tournament uh, and, and kind of build, like I was talking about, like that bracket from the, from the inside out and, and see what happens. But um, I, you know, I can't wait to, to, to get into this and actually build my brackets. I haven't done it yet. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I like to, I like to digest all the information and then build. So, um, so I haven't built just yet, but, uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to this. And also, I mean, you guys are going to have bets, um, DFI bets is going to be very, very, very active throughout the entire run of March Madness. And you guys have already put out two bets um, that I hopped on before the lines moved, uh, moved too much. So um, I'm, uh, I'm all in on, uh, on DFI bets uh, during March Madness. And of course, uh, of course, the bracket action um, as well. And obviously uh, we have our, our very own DFI bracket challenge that everybody can can sign up and uh, and take part in. I think the uh, the link was tweeted out. Um, it's on the official DFI uh, Twitter page. You can uh, you can check that out and um, and see if you can take down our experts. You boys, uh, you boys better not lose to some sub out there. Can't let that happen. No. Can't let it happen. 
<laughs> Although if we've if, if they've got our picks, I don't know. Uh, there might be a little gamesmanship going on with them with them picking some uh, some underowned quote unquote uh, picks. So uh, can't wait to see what happens. Obviously, do you guys want to um, maybe give a uh, give you your final four? Do you want to do that? No, you don't have to do that if you don't want to. I'm down. Or, or maybe or maybe how about this? How about this? Give me a team. Give me a team that you think could win that you, you toyed with putting up in your bracket. Maybe, maybe a dark horse, maybe a, uh, a, you know, a, a seven, eight, nine seed or something like that, that you think might could make a run. And then, uh, that'll, that'll save you from giving out, uh, your final four or your, or your champion. So, some lower seed that you think might make a run. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. So if, uh, if we had not talked about, um, UConn, there's a chance that I maybe would discuss them. Um, but they don't exactly have the the easiest uh, Sweet 16 Elite Eight matchups um, going forward. They would end up having to, I believe they're down with, uh, they'd have to beat Michigan. So I get, or no, is it, I don't know, I, sh- I should be looking at a bracket. Corey, help me out. Who, who would they have to beat to get to the Final Four? Michigan, is that right? What are we talking about? UConn? It's Michigan, uh, and then the three seed would be Texas. <laughs> Yeah, so either way, I won't go with UConn. I'll tell you what, I, maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm just kind of on a uh, soapbox here, and and that's probably what I'll sound like. But I'm gonna use my uh, my spot here to talk about a team that I've actually got predicted to to move pretty far, and I'll go ahead and say it. I've got them in my final four, and if maybe I wholeheartedly don't believe that they'll get there because they have such a ridiculous draw. But a team that I feel like got really disrespected by the selection committee, and now I'm just going to back them in the basketball gods, is Loyola Chicago. Uh, and, uh, there you go. Exactly. Um, so this should be really interesting because um, I think Corey and I kind of disagree here a little bit. Um, but I just think it's so ridiculous. Loyola Chicago is taking care of business all year long. Um, they won their conference. They, um, they're they a top 10 team. I think they're the number nine team um, on Kim Pomeroy's rankings. And so how do they get rewarded for that awesome season? They play Georgia Tech, the ACC tournament champions with an asterisk. But they play the tournament champions in the first round. And then if they beat the ACC tournament champions, then they just get to play Illinois, who is a number one seed and the Big Ten champion. And it just seems like such a ridiculous way to reward a mid-major that had such a good season. Um, I understand, like, in the past, there's been such an emphasis on scheduling non-conference games and that kind of thing. But this year just seems like such a unique situation. I really feel like they kind of got a uh, a crappy draw there. Um Outside of that, I will say that Illinois is red hot, but I think that if Loyola can get past Georgia Tech, which I have them doing, um, they play slow. They play, I think, one of the 25 slowest tempos in the country, Loyola Chicago does, and Illinois has struggled at times this year when teams are able to slow them down. So my thought here is it's going to be a tough weekend. There's no debating that. But I've got Loyola slowing down Illinois, getting past them there, and then that would give them a matchup with Tennessee or Oklahoma State more than likely in the uh, Sweet 16. And then in the Elite Eight, I've got them beating another mid-major in Houston. So I'm going to go ahead and say Sister Jean makes it back to the Final Four, and I'm going to go with Loyola Chicago. Dang. 
All right. That that is a sexy pick. That is a very trendy pick. Um, they do have to get past Georgia Tech, which is uh, they're playing over their skis right now. Uh, right. But um, well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, nice pick. All right, Corey, what you got for us? Uh, I got Loyal out in the first round. <laughs> <laughs> I told you it'd be interesting. That's what I got. Uh, yeah, yeah I mean, they have they have the 134th ranked um, strength of schedule. They. I mean, they beat Drake twice um, without their star players. They also lost to Drake without their star players. Um, it just wasn't close against Michigan. Uh, I just, I don't see it. I think this Georgia Tech team is hungry. They're all seniors. This is like the fourth most experienced team in the country. I don't remember the last time Georgia Tech made the NCAA tournament, but these guys are so happy. They're crying over making it, and I just I, I just don't see it. I, I That's another fade the public darling. Um, I would make Georgia Tech a two-and-a-half favorite. They're two-and-a-half-point underdogs. Um, but not that we have to harp on that pick. I just like giving Scott crap when I can. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go just as bold here, um, and I'm going to actually stay in the Midwest. Uh, I have Rutgers in my Elite Eight. Um, the reasoning is is uh, Clemson are complete frauds when they do not play at home. They may have a total of two wins. Um, on the road this season, and not that they're on the road here, um, but we saw them lose to a Miami team that has six players uh, on their roster right now uh, when they were playing a little way from Little John. Uh, just don't scare me. Um, Houston is another team that when you slow them down, they tend to struggle a lot, and I think Rutgers has a, a roster very similar to Memphis, and uh, Houston um, narrowly skipped Memphis twice. Uh, uh, Rutgers has a ton of length. They have two huge big guys who can bang in the paint, um, Houston does not have a lot of size and Rutgers has plenty of size um, and Rutgers loves to play defense. Um, and then I see uh, uh, Rutgers being able to uh, take on, in, in my opinion, the winner of uh, San Diego State and West Virginia, um, just because if they see West Virginia, Rutgers has really good ball control and they don't turn the ball over. And if they see San Diego State, I think it's going to be one of the ugliest matchups you could possibly see where defense wins it all. And the reason this part of the bracket that Rutgers is in is just all defense uh, with just a potent offense in West Virginia. Um, so I'm kind of hoping they avoid West Virginia, but if they do, I'd still have it. And um, I'd love to see Rutgers and, and possibly Illinois play again uh, because they, they split before the tournament this season. So I just think that'd be a very interesting matchup there. Yeah. Ooh, man, I love it. I love it. Uh, who thought? Rutgers would come out of uh, Corey's mouth, but okay, we're that's where we're at. Um, it uh, it is definitely it is definitely madness, boys. Um, I can't wait, cannot wait. So um, we'll be following along in the war room. We'll be uh, we'll be looking for news. I mean, we still got you know as we record this. This is Monday night. This podcast is going to come out on Tuesday when everything's finalized. But there still could be shenanigans and chicanery and all kinds of craziness going on here. Um, as uh, as we approach the first games on Thursday, and then the first round um, officially gets started on on Friday, so uh, we'll be watching, and uh, you guys will have all the updates for us. We got anything else to to cover before we wrap it up, fellas? The only the only other thing I have is I actually accidentally uh, cut myself with a paperclip right when this started, and I just powered <laughs> through it. Didn't say anything the whole podcast. <laughs> You're so brave. You're so brave. Thank you, guys. Oh man. Oh man, in pure, pure fashion. I love to hear it. It's oh, March. Man. It's, it's March. 
Take no prisoners. Play like a champion. That's I don't. It. I don't know if you guys want to give out any of the trade secrets from the war room, but I personally, from an outsider perspective, would love to know how you guys analyze some of these games. Are you looking at specific uh, stats? Are you looking at uh, more of the matchup? Uh, what are you guys kind of honing in on? Um. I mean, well, for me, at least, a lot of it is the eye test. Uh, college basketball is the love of my life, and uh, I'm watching this constantly. Uh, not really nonstop thing. Um, but we are looking at um, a lot of stats on Ken Palm. We're looking at stats on synergy, on how well these teams play against the zone or press, depending on what each team uh, does. Um, we're following... Uh, we have Twitter notifications turned on for, for just about any college uh, beat reporter that can break injury news because that's extremely important, when, especially this season or even COVID news at this point. Um, and yeah, I mean, you just you're breaking down how each team matches up against the team that you think is going to win. Um, so you're just kind of pulling up data uh, with uh, how they match up against each other, and hopefully your predictions are right and. If you have a strong lean, um, then then hopefully you can find something that 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 you can pick in your bracket that maybe another person doesn't have, um, like your Rutgers, which is a very bold pick, but it is 2021, so we try. Do you, do you guys uh, hold any weight on some of the the past trends of like, oh, one 12 seed makes it this far, or like, hey, the last 10 champions or whatever have been ranked in top 10 offensive and defensive efficiency and then like any of that stuff or is that all just noise and you guys get down to what's happening right now that's a really good question um i uh, i'm kind of interested again to hear what Corey has to say here i uh i know that Corey loves um loves trends he is he's kind of gotten me onto the trend bandwagon where there's uh there's quite a few of them that i can get behind like i I'm definitely interested. One thing I've been looking at is um, the things, like you said, the uh, the off teams that are um, X good in both offensive and yep. defensive efficiency. Um, but I personally don't weigh as much on like this specific seed has made it this far each season. Gotcha. Yeah, that's I, I'm not usually a trend guy either, but I would normally focus on the uh, the more specific stats, I guess, to the team. One and I'll, this doesn't. You know, my team is the USC Trojans, um, and I think the Mobley brothers and Taj Edi are, are going to make a run here. I don't know. That's just my <laughs> – that's my feeling. Andy Enfield has never had us winning close games, but this season I can feel it. Well, they've got – I mean, they've got length. They've got um, their first round's going to be against an opponent that's already played a game, so maybe they could get some tired legs there. I'm hoping um, Kansas gets COVID. Ex- I was going to say second round <laughs> matchup against COVID. Against, and, then uh, I'm, and then I'm thinking Mobley versus uh, Garza is going to be an insane matchup. That's just yeah. my that's my prediction there. I don't hate it. Like you guys have tons of talent. I mean, I like it. That's that's cool. That's interesting. Or if, or if Oregon pulls off the upset, we could have a little rematch there. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Like no, that's good. I mean, length is definitely. Um, you'll obviously hear everyone talk about like a veteran backcourt and defense. Those are the things that help you advance. 
in uh in March, but length is definitely a thing that that helps. And if I'm not mistaken, I think USC is either the tallest or I think they're the second tallest team in the country behind Nate's uh Seminoles, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yeah, That's I right. mean we're we're a little soft. We're a little softer than I think <laughs> is, but uh we'll we'll make it happen. I believe so, it. So Scott so Scott's brilliant analysis as we wrap up the podcast is uh, if you are a basketball team in college, you should probably get lots of tall guys. Is that, is that pretty much length right, matters right down here? Length matters, Nate. Oh, <laughs> it definitely does. Um, but we, we, we were talking about units before, right? And we're not talking about units right now. Yeah, we're talking about length now. Okay, yeah, not units. Okay, good, good. Um, <laughs> all right, boys. Uh, let's wrap it up. That, that'll uh, get edited out for sure. Nope, it won't. It's staying in. We're off the rails <laughs> at this point. So, um, all right. Uh, good luck to everybody uh, filling out a bracket. Uh, like we said, go to uh, go to our Twitter account. Find uh, the link to join our March Madness pool. Get in the war rooms uh, and get all of the info you need uh, to fill out that bracket and uh, have some fun during the madness that is uh, the NCAA tournament. So, for Garrett, for Jordan, for Scott, for Corey, I am Nate. Y'all take it easy. Enjoy the madness. See ya.